This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. As you know, here at The Coffee Breakup, both Marvin and myself, we take mental health very seriously, especially when it comes to therapy. It can be awkward, but the beauty of our sponsorship now with BetterHelp is the accessibility that you get literally over your phone or on the computer, however it is that you need to communicate with someone at BetterHelp to get that therapy that you need. So without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. If you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress, whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the Coffee Breakup listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash The Coffee Breakup. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash The Coffee Breakup. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Oh, we're just getting started. I'm like... I work. I have to record tomorrow. Yeah. Actually, I'm leaving today. Yeah. I'm leaving like right now. And they're like, no, stay a little bit. I'm like, I'm leaving right now. Exactly. And I was literally walking out of there like, I don't care if they freaking hate me for leaving. I feel good right now. I'm happy about my choices. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Coffee Breakup. Starting Christian Vieira and Marvin Schultz, or like Logan Paul says it, the number one uh, relationship advice podcast in the world. That's us. Thank you for watching on YouTube if you are, if you're listening to us on Spotify and iTunes. iTunes. Thank you again for the support. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to YouTube channel, ring that notification bell so you're up to date with all of our content on YouTube. YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Social media, Instagram, Instagram TikTok, Facebook, uh, Instagram. We have our website. Coffeebreakup.com. Check us out. Yes. Yeah. But once again, like the video, subscribe. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Please. And, you know, share this video with a friend. You know, comment. Do all the good stuff. All that stuff. So, another episode, another special guest. <laughs> we, do, we, we got a good guest today. I'm excited. We do have a great We have guest. Ingrid Hernandez. Did yeah. I say that right? Perfect. Yeah, he's terrible with names. So I'm awful. But I, but I got yours. It's you did. Very easy name. So, yeah. is it? <laughs> Hernandez, Ingrid? That's true. That's, that's true. Ingrid. That's easy. How are you? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing good. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Fabulous. It's the weekend. Yes. It is Friday. the weekend. And we're here. Well, by the time this thing freaking goes out. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Ingrid, you are in the kind of a field, the niche that we really like to discuss and talk about. And I think it's it's vital that you're here because, you know, it's the kind of conversations and information that we want to give to the audience. So that being said, please introduce yourself. Take it away. Just give people like a little bit of yourself, who you are, what you do. And so just people can kind of have an idea of who you are. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited to be here. Um, excited I think to have you. on it. <laughs> yeah. I'm a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Florida, um, and I do sessions via teletherapy. So I actually started my business, Therapy Talk, uh, during the pandemic, August 2020. Almost as a result of the pandemic, I really saw the need and the spike in mental health services. So um, I decided to build this platform where I can see people from the comfort of their safe space, whatever that may mean. Mm. Um, so all the sessions are via Zoom. 
I did understand in the beginning there was a little bit of pushback and hesitancy because we were so used to driving through a therapist's office, doing face-to-face, and, and I love that as well. I love being able to see somebody's body language, um, but just the convenience of it, being able to uh, just expand how many people I can reach all throughout the state of Florida versus being limited to mm. those who can reach my office. So mm. I really love that aspect and being able to see people from Orlando, Tampa, Tallahassee, Key West, maybe that don't have access or maybe people that are limited to their homes, you know, because they don't have cars or other limitations. So it's been amazing. I am so happy to do what I do. I'm truly passionate about just helping other people. Um, and I fell in love with your podcast and <laughs> listening to it. And I really like the vibe. So my clients know that I like to be open. I like to be true to myself and the same visibility that I want to give them is what I expect in return, you know? So I'm real. I, I call like them that. out. I, I got to do what I got to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, it's almost like when we say that, well, if you can approach a relationship, you know, with vulnerability and in essence as yourself mm-hmm. and you would hope that you would get that sort of reciprocation because at least you're kind of setting the standard or at least the expectation of like, Hey, this is like, this is what we got to talk about. This is, yeah, well, yeah. So it's pretty cool. I like that, that, that you have that approach. I wanted to ask you, um, did you feel, did you ever have like a start with the location, like a physical location or you went straight into the virtual world? Yeah. So I worked in community mental health centers. I mean, I've been um, in the mental health business for eight years and initially I have seen people in various practices and face to face and in treatment centers and rehab, just all of the different jobs that I've had. Um, So the connection was amazing. But again, also nothing beats, you know, comfort and space and being able to reach people that way. So I've seen the difference, but also I've seen how much more accessible it is for people to Mm -hmm. reach me, uh, you know, if they need childcare or if they just you know, who wants to drive, you know, maybe an hour to see a therapist after you've worked for eight hours in a day. That's true because, you know, I go to therapy and I, it was I started pre-COVID and it was in person in Miami Lakes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a little bit of a drive and stuff like that. I, I enjoyed being there, but that commute back and forth with traffic and then you got to you know, carve out a time with between work and in between and all that stuff. So it could be a little bit tedious and a little bit, you know, takes a little bit of planning. So now I do the same thing over the phone. Um, I don't think it's the same experience. Like, it's not the same if that makes sense. It doesn't mean it's worse or whatever, but it's just, it, it's convenient. So I could do, I could schedule more appointments. Mm-hmm. So instead of going maybe once a month, I'm able to do three, you know, three times a month, maybe perhaps. Right. Uh, just because I don't, you know, I don't, I miss out on that commute. But it is, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back in person, at least, you know, once in a while, you know, it's, right. it's, it'll be good to see my therapist face to face instead of like a screen. But I think it's a great alternative for those who maybe have never gone to therapy. Mm. Yes. It, you know, ease in. Yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you, but again, more you, but also you from, sure. yeah. Um, who cares what I think? You want to go? No, because you, you as you're on the patient side. Yeah, and she's okay. as the professional side. I like that. Always taking things so so seriously. No, but go ahead. Um, now, I wanted to ask you: um, Do you feel like a lot of the customers that you've been getting, the clients? I'm sorry, a lot of the clients that you've been getting, um, is it like their first time ever going to therapy, or do you feel like it, it's been a transition from people who have gone in person and now they're adopting like the virtual side? It's a mix. Uh, Sometimes, you know, people find me all sorts of ways. So sometimes they uh, had a therapist, maybe they moved or out of state or, you know, they can no longer see that therapist or maybe they had a bad experience, any sort of thing that may happen. Um, I can definitely see the benefit of doing in person. But also, like you said, like virtual just opens up the doors for people that 
you know, have anxiety. Like, don't want to go into an office. Don't want people. What are they going to think of yeah. me if they see me? Yeah, that that's too. what I'm exactly. asking. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So there's so much. Like, there's people that are timid. There are so many things that can happen that can prevent someone from taking that first step. Versus like, hey, I'm home. I can sit on my couch and I can talk to someone. And I like to be really laid back and chill and like, look, I'm not gonna like bombard you with questions. I'm not gonna tell you what to do. Like, I'm just here to listen to you. This is your space. I just want to create something that is safe for you, where you know you're not gonna be biased, where I'm not going to, you know, go into what you should. And shouldn't be doing so just somewhere where you can laugh cry curse do whatever it is that you need to do have you found that um people are, are uh i guess since you've had experience in person as well do you feel like uh that people are more receptive to doing it virtually rather than in person or at least like the feedback that you're getting like while you're actually doing your your i guess uh, counseling yeah do yeah. you feel like it's it's a lot smoother for them to open up virtually versus how it was in person or you're still trying to like figure that so there are some techniques that you have to put in you know right. you oh, have cool. to like uh really make your personality shine uh look at people in the eye even through zoom uh create a space where it's comfortable for them i used to have like a couch behind me so they could see something and kind of see a little bit of my office so in creating that relationship it takes a little bit more as far as rapport and a lot of like articles that i've read also say that that it might take somebody a little bit more time to get comfortable with you mm, yeah, uh, because yeah. there's that distance right that physical distance but I mean, so far, I've heard so many great things uh, from people saying, oh, that I'm so glad that I was able to see you. You know, I wouldn't otherwise. And in That's the true. in the future, I would like to have a practice and kind of do a hybrid model yeah. so yeah, I can see people like both that. in person and virtually. Um, but right when I was thinking about that, kind of we had another surge of Omicron. So I was like, let's put that off for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's so cool. That is awesome. I'm so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you and, and thank you for all that, you, that, that you're doing. I'm sure it's rewarding. I'm curious to though that your 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 uh, clients patients um the their demographics do you have is there something that you see like a pattern do you have more women do you have more relation more couples more so and that yeah. as well as how do you get your clients yeah. as well so how do you kind of yeah, so people find me all sorts of ways. I have a profile on Psychology Today, which is like a directory for I saw. therapists. Yeah, yeah, I clicked on your yeah. link tree today. Awesome. I also have my website. A lot of people come through that, therapytalkflorida.com, um, which I'm really, really proud of. And uh, so people just kind of read my bio, see what I'm about. I would say my niche is trauma because that's what I've taken most like certificates and specializations in. But I mean, people come for all sorts of things, depression, anxiety, breakups. Um, I don't have much experience with couples, but in Inevitably seeing one person, I'm also treating the couple You'll because I'm teaching that, yeah. them. Yeah, I'm teaching them communication skills. They're going to vent about what's going on in their relationship. Yeah, so true, true, true. although I'm not, I have at sometimes, you know, brought in a partner and said, hey, let's do a session together. And you get a lot of feedback from the partner. So yeah. that's cool. No, I'm thinking because ultimately relationships are used. We say it again. Also, it, it starts with yourself, you know, and, and, and a lot of things that happen that you feel is an internal battle with yourself. Maybe it's a cause not so much of the partner, but because of situations that are occurring in the relationship. Right. So whether it not be you know direct couples counseling i'm sure there's still couples situations that yeah. are causing the traumas that you have to deal with right right the you know you've, you said you've been in the in the in the in your field for a couple of years now do you feel like now it's more accessible not even accessible but more acceptable for for people to seek counseling to seek help especially with covid and everything that's going on how do you feel where the times that we're in right now and the times we're moving forward, it's more acceptable, it's more talked about, for especially for men from all over. Do you feel like we're heading in the, in the right direction when it comes to mental health and 
in therapy? I think so. And I hope so. I think as therapists, we're all like stigma fighters, you know, mm. we want to decrease the stigma. We want it to not be this like hush hush thing that we don't talk about. I mean, myself coming from a Hispanic family, you don't air out your problems to other people. You know, you don't talk about that. And I bring that up in sessions. I'm like, what is your experience like as a African-American male talking to a Hispanic therapist about all the stuff that's going on with you? Like, how would what would your family say about this? What do you think uh, maybe prevented you from seeking help? before and a lot of people are like yeah no we don't talk about this at home or my parents may not even know that I'm in therapy or you know yeah. it's not something that I really grew up with people being receptive about so I do see change in that direction and it's amazing to see you know I think cultural competency courses and things like that like in my grad program that we had so that we are better able to understand people and bring that up and say you know because your background is different this kind of shaped the way that you are yeah. and inevitably you might be hesitant to me um, another big example is like, I have a suicide screening question in my first intake because I got to make sure that people are safe, but you don't say, are you suicidal to maybe someone that's Hispanic? Cause they're going to be like, oh no, yeah. I'm not crazy. Yeah, yeah, oh, this is the yeah, wrong yeah. place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. So you have to figure out how to like talk to the person and how to bring those things up, even though they're difficult and say, yeah, I, I understand you, you know, this isn't easy. What you're doing takes a lot of courage. Yeah. And, and like the pushback of people, maybe not even wanting to accept just like like you were saying like no no i'm not so no yeah. probably that's you know not everybody would be but oh no i would never do that or that's never happened to me no i'm yeah. stronger than that like i think that us as human beings we all have similar ways of handling certain things mm -hmm. um i think it's just whether we choose to voice whether we are dealing with it or not and i think that's where the stigma comes because as the example you were saying like oh like my family doesn't even know that i'm in therapy why like mm -hmm. why does why does what therapy is, have is, such yeah. a bad look that we can't comfortably freely seek help when almost everyone feels like man i, I feel like i could use someone to talk to mm -hmm. but who oh my right. friend but they don't know but right. if you go to therapy it's wrong yeah that's what it's, it's very frustrating do you, do you like what can change like what do you think that other than than what you had just said like what are things that you think can can happen for people to be more open-minded about actually going to therapy I think doing things like this and exploring and talking about it, keeping the conversation awareness. going. Yeah, awareness, definitely. Having, you know, I've sat with friends and they'll be like, oh yeah, because you know, my therapist said, I'm like, therapists have therapists too. So yeah. I'll bring up, oh yeah, when I was in therapy, I talked about this and all these things and you share your grows and your learns, the things that you have, you know, explored that are have been better for you that have worked and that goes a really long way because it keeps on coming okay well you know, I don't think Ingrid's crazy, but she went to a therapist. Right, you know? right, <laughs> right, right, right. That's true. That is, and it's also the fact that people, you know, when you tell them, "Hey, I go to therapy," the first instinct, okay, "What's wrong?" Yeah. They assume just because you go oh, to therapy, crazy. yeah, there's something going wrong. Sometimes I go to therapy, even in this day, where it's like I just want to share my my triumphs, how's, how things are going good. I, you know, when I talk about my relationship, mm -hmm. it might not be something going wrong. I just want to share what's going on in my life. But that's also important about it's your important. life, yeah. in order for you as a professional to say, well, now I can kind of see the excitement of your of how happy you are mm -hmm. with good positive things. Yes. How can that like where is the negative side? Like whenever you're venting about the bad stuff, maybe. Maybe there's some sort of tie between those two you feel like you've ever had those yeah definitely so i bring cool. that up all the time so, so awesome. i'm like okay well work is going great you know but at home not so much what are the skills what are the things that you're doing at work that you can bring at home because you don't have to reinvent the wheel i mean if you have good relationships at work you're doing some things for people to like you now what are you not doing at home or what is missing or what could be different like implementing those same things okay that typically in our life 
everything doesn't go wrong at the same time except for when it yeah. but <laughs> except for yeah. when it seems like it does yeah, 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 yeah. so you'll find those areas like what are your strengths what are you really good at okay you're really good at listening so how can you practice some of that let's talk about this skill what is you know active listening what does that look like how could you use that with your wife maybe yeah that is true i like that um i was gonna say so yeah like we, we you know we've talked about how you know especially mental health it, it all starts with yourself and if your mind is not in a good place it affects everything else. And so especially when we talk about romantic relationships, you have to make sure that you're in the right place. And if you can't, you can't be with somebody else if, you can't, if you're not you know, at peace within yourself. So I think that mental health aspect is so important when, you, when it comes to yourself and romantic relationships as a whole. Um, and I think it's vital that we take care of ourselves and our minds. And you know, we go to the gym, we work out, we eat right. But a lot of times people neglect what it's... I would say even maybe more important that is your mental health. And it's so important to kind of prioritize that. I concur. Um, what, what are some of the, uh, the challenges that you've seen from maybe some, some of your clients or pa patients? Clients, I say. Clients. Mm -hmm. Okay. Clients. So patients is more in like a medical. So right. I've worked in different areas where they are patients, but in my private practice, it's just clients. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's important to know. You yeah. Know, yeah. You know. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, it, what are what are some of the challenges that I guess you you faced with um, some some clients directly when it comes to like I guess the 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 whole uh, what's the word S session. You guys, I gotta help me because you've yeah. been, never been. You mean like the like, the, yeah, like the when you sit down, the, yeah, and the you session. Talk, what are some of the challenges that you've that you've probably seen? Maybe that's common across the board with a lot of the page, the clients that you see. So, you know, in the beginning, I think with any relationship, there's uh, that like little holding back, like I don't want to say too much, and then there's the complete opposite where people say way too much, and then they spill everything, and then yeah. they're like, oh my god, I realize I have many more problems than I thought I did. <laughs> so one or the other, um, but I do see, you know, a little bit of pushback, especially in like young. So I treat um, or I see kind of clients mid twenties to their forties, maybe up in the fifties and sixties. But my demographic, my demographic is more like young adults. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really love working with young adults because they're in such a pivotal time in their life where so many things are changing Especially coming now, at them. Yes. With how life is now. Exactly. So I love that. I love being able to see the transition. But to go back to your question, just a little bit of pushback, just a little bit of like, you know, building that rapport and like, all right, let me see if I can trust her. Like what is she going to say? How is she going to react if I say this? And then uh, in, in us therapists, we have a, kind of a term that's called doorknob comments. Uh, so it's like right at the end of the session when you have like one more minute and they spill this big bomb and you're like, I don't have any time to process this. Oh, Why are you going to tell me this at this time? And that's kind of, you know, we do that because we've been holding on to it. But whatever comes out, it means that that definitely had to at that time. You know, it's coming out for a reason. Yeah. And definitely we're like, you know what? We really got to talk about this, but we have to have enough time. So let's put a sticky note on this and we'll definitely get back to this when we have enough time. Yeah, it almost seems like, oh, running out of time. I'm not going to see her for a while. Let me unload everything yeah. now. So right. that way I can hide. It's almost like when you send a text to your crush. <laughs> and then you, and then you drop you throw it your phone. and run away. <laughs> you throw the phone, you hide. It's like kind of like that, yeah. right? Where they just like, kind of want to get rid of it really quick. Yes, they just want to drop that and leave it there. And it's like, okay, I'll hold you. I really love the metaphor. And a lot of my clients, I tell you have a book bag full of bricks. And here I'm building some castle. So you come bring me your bricks and you leave them here. Don't take them back with you after you leave. You unload, you do what you got to do, leave it here. I'm going to build a really nice castle. And then your backpack's going to be lighter. And then you pick up another brick along the way, bring it over here. Let's talk about it. Let's process it. So it's much more broken down into pieces. I like that. Unbur leaving, like unburdening everything and then leaving it. 
there and it's, it's you need it you know man life is going to be so hectic and things could really scar you and affect you so it's hard and then you like you were saying it takes a while to get comfortable and then all the year all your years you probably had to hold in all that pain and, and hurt and, and frustration and disappointment and then you just expected to sit down for an hour 45 minutes or whatever and just kind of spill everything it's hard and it takes a little bit i remember the, my first session i was like it's kind of similar to a chair like this <laughs> and i was like man what am i going to tell this lady like you know she was a little bit older than me because yeah, you don't know her i don't know, right? I don't know anything about it. i don't know her name and my insurance pays for it so <laughs> but there's like, a little hey, bit of comfort yeah. but there's also a little bit of comfort you know being able to talk to someone that you don't know because yes. there's less possible judgment or bias getting you know feedback exactly. and it was also like like she's been in the industry for a while like or in the field i should say and it's like whatever i say i'm sure she's heard worse so it's like okay like I, i'm fine she can handle it she can handle it yeah because like she's i'm sure she's heard other crazy stuff so i can probably be just a little bit additional to that <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, sp speaking of, of of stuff like that um how long have you been practicing for so for, i've been in the mental Working. health field yeah for eight years i've been seeing clients um in a like therapy kind of way for about four or five years are you um seeing someone in a relationship are you single yeah, yeah, I'm married. You're married. Oh. Beautiful. <laughs> awesome. Do you feel that any of the, um, probably the se sessions we're calling, okay, that, you know, the time that you spend with, with your other clients, does, do you ever have anything that you think that when you take it home, do, or do you, are there things that you take home or maybe that are so impactful that you feel like maybe during your, your, your tenure has translated into your relationship, positive and negative obstacles? Yeah. And so I typically don't share a whole lot about uh, my relationship or my life at all with my clients just because, I mean, the time is there. You know, they're there to unload. They're there to talk about themselves. So many of my clients, many don't even know about my relationship status. It's just not something that we discuss. Some sessions are much more difficult than others. So we as therapists have to practice a lot of self-care, kind of know our boundaries, um, take really good care of ourselves and have really understanding partners that, you know, we can't discuss with them what happened in a session. So we're just like, I've had a long day. Okay, cool. What are we going to do? You know, how can we work through this together? Do you want to watch a movie? Do you want to make dinner? Um, kind of like something to transition you out of that. And because I work from home, it could be especially difficult because it's True. almost like you don't leave. You know, you don't, you know, when you have an office, you close the door and you get out and that's it. You don't have everything is in out the of office. sight, out of mind. Sure. Right. In this case, that's your home. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, but you, you couldn't you tell him about this, just switch the names or what is in like, would he like are you not allowed to at all like because no. how is he gonna know what no. are you talking about i have to respect my client's confidentiality that's really my vow to them okay. um so even changing names i mean anything that is identifying could be seen as like a potential breach and also it's not helpful to i mean i have other outlets where i can discuss some of my that, that, okay yeah, that was so my, like consultation yeah, groups with other therapists to, yeah, okay. yeah you have to that's you the, have to process that because you're gonna just implode exactly taking in all that that, that trauma and yes. if you don't share like release it in some some form of effort so yeah might not be your husband but it's it's it sounds like it's somebody else yeah so no i have a really good group of girlfriends and we all went to college together we're all okay. therapists so whenever some we need you know we'll be like mm, can we have a session like can we all meet up or we text like okay that. this happened to me and we don't share any identifying information just like what do you do in this situation or you know the client didn't pay me like how do you navigate that yeah. I mean, there's so many <laughs> areas of like being a therapist and also a business owner that you don't really think about before you go True, into it it's important because yeah you're at the end of the day you're still running a business like, yeah. you're helping other That's people true. but it's like it's not a charity either. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, just to be, to be blunt, right? So that is true. Um, no, I, I was, I was, I was thinking more because it's like, 
I could just imagine maybe some of the the uh, topics or maybe conversations or discussions that you have with your clients. If um, if anything has been so impactful that maybe has reshaped the way that you probably see your own relationship. Like, do you has anything ever happened that maybe you were, when you were speaking with the client that then you got home and then you said that my Titan. Then you said then you said, oh, well, you know, maybe this has occurred like with my with my husband or maybe um, this this is now changing my way of thinking. Let me now apply it my relationship or negatively where it's like well this happened it impacted me so much that now maybe your husband's like hey like what happened has Mm -hmm. that ever occurred to you that something is that impactful during your tenure yeah well you know we're human at the end of the day and as much as we want to say it's like a switch and we can flip it we can't there are things that are going to affect us in different ways um it goes back to really just having boundaries and saying okay i'm here for a purpose you know i'm here to help the client i'm not here to put myself in their shoes necessarily Mm -hmm. because their situation is not mine i'm holding their hand along the way and at some point i have to let go of that hand and empower them so they can take care of it you know so i try to steer away from that and kind of when i see those negative thoughts happening you know do some restructuring and kind of reframing and saying, you know what, this is not something that I can take home. This is not going to benefit them. This is just going to make things worse. And it's also going to agonize me. I don't want to bring this into my relationship. My husband has no idea what's going on. And he's going to be like, what kind of day did you have? So just really trying to separate. I mean, it's difficult sometimes, but over time you, you kind of just focus on the client on like what's going on with them and really what helps me sleep at night is knowing I did the best that I could when I had that time with them. Outside of that, I'm not really in control whether they change or whether they don't, whether they implement the goals that we set or, you know, work on their objectives or meditate or journal or do all the things they said they were going to do. Hmm. That's on them. It's not on me. Do you sometimes get, I'm sure there's times where you give, you know, your advice and your feedback and, and, and you know, your input. And then you have people come back and they, they did the opposite. With it. Yeah, they did the opposite. Does it get frustrating or are you, are you trained enough to the point where... It's part expected of the game. already. Yeah, it's part of the job. Like, Out of that hand. You're laughing, so something must have happened. So we give, um, there's a term for it, and uh, it's it escaped my mind, but it's just like, come back. Uh, just positive regard, like no matter what. Because however that person's making me feel, they're probably making other people in their life feel that way. So if I respond to them and I project some of my own stuff onto them, that's not going to be nice. Like this is their space. This is a space where it's accepted. And it's like, Hey, you know what? Dust yourself off. What are you going to do? And make them responsible for it because it's not, you know, it doesn't tie into me or my worth or my expertise. I tell them, it doesn't matter how many books I've read, how many degrees I have. It's about the connection that we're able to have. And if we kind of have a break in that connection, then they're not going to trust me as much. They're going to be like, Oh, well now she's judging me because I didn't do the thing that she Mm. said she's going to do. But I also hold people accountable. So I got to call them out on their shit too. How do you, how, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. I wanted to like, how, how do you then like kind of re redirect them? Cause I can see that frustration where like, for example, my new year's resolution, one of them was to read books. Ask me how many I've read this year. <laughs> Zero. In February. Zero. Yeah, you started. We're getting closer to March. We're halfway then, through February. Yeah. And then, yeah. Okay. Not a book has even been touched by these fingers. Okay. <laughs> so then I'm thinking now as a client, um, you know, if they say, oh, no, because ultimately there's there's probably a reason why they didn't do it. You know, you're coming for me for for help and I'm and I want to give you that. I want to provide that for you. But now you're, you're not doing the work. So then how do you then get, keep them accountable? And I'm kind of even using this question as for people in general, like if they're finding ways that finding things that they don't want to do, how do you kind of then kind of hold them accountable? Yeah. So I really like to ask what are the challenges or the barriers that are getting in the way of doing this thing or really calling them out and said, hey, you know, you really said that you wanted to be in therapy. But I find that it's difficult for you to come. I, you know, I'm seeing some no shows. What's going on? 
what can we do together or what's keeping you from it? And yeah, what's like, happening? Exactly. What's going on, yeah. What are the barriers? And then saying, well, what can you do? What's one thing that you can implement to reach that goal? And truly, like, what are you doing today that's supporting the person, the, the you that you want to be in the future? You know, because you could say you have this dream. OK, well, yeah, I want to be a millionaire. What are you doing today? What is the one thing that because when we see a ladder, it's like there's so many steps. It's impossible to get there. But you just have to focus on the one right in front of you. That's all you have to focus on. So remember the video? I, like I think that. I sent you the video of the, the guy with the book that's like the horse, the mole, and the cow, whatever the figure was. But it was a story of like, oh, I can't see forward. Like, it's too dark. And then he asked, well, what can, what can you see? Can you see the next step in front of you? And he goes, well, yeah, I can see that. And he goes, then just take that. Mm, I like that. You know, just one. And same thing with like the whole brick thing that you were saying. Like maybe some yeah. customer, customers, clients <laughs> come in and they unload a bunch of bricks. But sometimes they're like, well, I can't. You know, I'm not comfortable yet. So here's one. One brick. Yeah. And then eventually they start opening up. So little by little, I guess you have like your little ways of, of navigating and yeah, navigating through that. I um, I wanted to ask because I, I sent you a list of some things that I wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. I shared it with you. I don't know if you even looked at it. I don't know. No. <laughs> and um, because I wanted to talk about uh, part of it was uh, trauma bonding mm -hmm. and why some people find it so hard to let go when it comes to romantic relationships, you know, knowing they know deep down, I think people know that they deserve better, mm -hmm. but it's hard to let go. And if they're mistreated, if there's abuse, you know, obviously all of that is unacceptable, but and everybody in their life probably tells them get out. And it's easier said than done. Speaking about it from, you know, being on the outside mm -hmm. saying, Hey, just get out. But it's never that easy, is it? And right. so what keeps us like kind of entangled? Yeah. So trauma bonding is actually a psychological response to abuse. You know, it's this kind of negative attachment that we form with a person that's abusive. Um, and it may seem impossible to get out, but there are so many other factors. So like you said, it's so much easier. Oh, just leave them. Yeah, just get out. But there are so many other factors. There's so many other things that may be tying them, whether it's financially or whether it's abusive. You know, our self-esteem really takes a hit after a breakup because we might feel, what did I do wrong? You know, how could I have done something different? Or this person might not, I may never find love again. Like no one's going to love me like they did. They're not going to understand me. An abuser doesn't start off as a person that's abusive. That's almost never the case. They, there's a charming stage. Oh my God, they understand me. They get me better than anyone else in the world. They really are there for me. You know, you build a structure. They kind of isolate the people from everyone else. So really they are their only contact. And when you are in this attachment, it's like, well, how am I going to get out? He's all I have. She's all I have. Who else is going to love me? Who I'm, I'm unlovable. And then we create all these negative cognitions, all these negative thoughts about what we're not. But in the moment, it's like, well, I can't get out. You know, they pay for this and I'm here. And how am I going to sustain myself? And who's going to be there emotionally for me? It's easy for people to say, just get out. But there are so many other ties. But I'm, I'm thinking because... Do you, do you, I guess from your experience, and I know you can't, you know, kind of talk about, you know, directly of who you've, you've, you know, helped, but, um, do you ever feel like, you know, maybe sometimes, um, crap, how do I say this? Continue. Yeah. Switch gears. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Okay. Um, when you said an abuser never starts off as being an abuser, do you feel like there's certain red flags or certain hints that, that pick up? Cause it starts off slow. It'll be like, oh, they, you know, they maybe take you out of your, your friend circle or they don't want you to hang out with certain people. Are there certain indicators where that is starting to reflect on them? Yeah. So usually they have some sort of like explosion and it's very unlike them. 
And it's almost like a test to see how you're going to respond. And as people that have been abused, it's very easy for that. Oh, that was a one-time thing. Oh, that's not going to mm. happen again. They were really apologetic after that was unlike their character, you know, that's going to change. So we try to go back to that person that we initially fell in love with. Mm. We're not going to remember that one time that they blew up. We are, we have so much hope, or maybe it's just a glimmer of hope because abuse is also not always abuse against. There are moments where they were kind to me and they brought me flowers and they did this and, you know, they texted me to see how I'm doing. And we hold on to those things like, well, it's not all bad. Yeah. It's not all bad. There's that little bit of goodness in there. Sprinkled yeah. around all that other negative stuff. Exactly. So red flags, I'm sorry, as far as, you know, just noticing that they are trying to isolate you from other people, kind of want you as their one and only lifeline, mm. um, blowing up and then that progressively getting worse and then seeing how you react. So, I mean, it's it can be difficult to pay attention to, but if you know the right things, you know, the right triggers, then it's like, well, you know, I shouldn't feel like I'm stepping over eggshells when I talk to this person. I, I don't want a relationship that looks like that. Do you ever feel like, I remember what I was going to say, um, when, because uh, you had said like, oh, well, they pay for all this. Well, like, I feel like I'm stuck and, you know, like I need to be with them. Do you ever f find a situation where maybe they're getting into these relationships for the wrong reasons? The reason why I say that is, let's say I don't need, we're together and I don't need him to pay for my stuff. Mm -hmm. But if I choose to be with him because I know he'll pay for my stuff. And then eventually I get into, you know, we become intimate, we build that bond and then the abuse begins. But to start, it wasn't even for, like, I wasn't even with him because I loved him. I loved him. I was with him because he was paying for my stuff. Mm. You ever had that situation? Because in that, in that scenario, it's like, well, then why did you, why did you even put yourself in the first place there? Which is kind of an insensitive way of saying it. But in essence, it's, you know, you, you wanted, you got in there for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. Now you're disappointed that this is occurring. Does that happen? Yeah, well, there is there are so many patterns, right, as to why people get into relationships is like, well, I feel like this is all I deserve. I've had um, I've worked with a lot of women who have been abused um, in substance abuse, kind of rehab situations and saying, well, if they didn't hit me, they don't love me. So that's what I saw when I was a kid. And that's how I received love. So inevitably, that's kind of what I'm going to look for. And although I may not start that way, I think that there is some kind of like attraction or pattern that typically evolves unless you have really good awareness and insight and you work with someone and you say, hey, you know, I gravitate or I gravitate towards people that uh, need emotional support because I'm a really good listener and I'm out here trying to fix everybody. I'm a fixer. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fixer. That's a big one. But you can't fix them. No. Can't fix anybody. Not unless yeah. they want to be fixed. Yeah. And you got to put in the work. You got to put in the it's work. It's so frustrating. Because I also feel like the one who's trying to do the fixing now feels like it's their responsibility. Because yeah. then they fix for a couple of weeks or whatever the, the time is to do that for their partner. But then they go back to their normal ways. And now it's like, what did, what did I do wrong? Because for the week or so, it worked me trying to fix you. Mm -hmm. But then it also feels like selfish and also like, no, is that manipulative? For someone to try to like fix someone who doesn't want to be fixed? I don't think it's it's always seen that way. I don't think people come into it maybe with the um, awareness that that's yeah. what they're trying to do. It's subconscious. And they just kind of don't understand why they keep getting in these relationships with people that need all this help. And I'm out here and I have to save them and I have to be their lifeline. Like, why do I keep getting that in that situation? So most of the time they don't really know. They mean well. You know, I know that I have it together and I have really good coping skills. And this person, I don't want them to suffer. I care about them. So I want to do everything for them. And there's the frustration and the disappointment. It's like, why would you just listen to what I'm telling you to do? So that builds a lot of resentment in a, in a relationship because one party isn't really putting in the work, isn't really, you know, then there's codependency. There's all these things that start forming. 
Yeah, really quick. No, because yeah. we I had someone that wrote to me uh, that he 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 was an older or an older guy, not that much older, but the age, there was an age gap between his relationship with with his partner, and um, I guess he was just trying to like help her, like you know get, get out of like the the whole party scene and stuff like that, and and you know helped her get a job, and you know she was doing well. But then she would just fall back to the party scene. And he goes, I don't get it. I did so much for her and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but what did you like? So now it's like you're you're scolding her for mm. going back to who she mm. is. Mm. Like, that's not fair to her. And like, yeah. that you're literally telling me that she's the one doing wrong. Like, what are you, like how you're the one that's putting her in that position, mm. making her live up to this expectation that you have that she now can't meet. And now you're you're disappointed in her because she can't meet the expectations that you're putting in mm -hmm. so yeah i just wanted to make that comment because it, it, it's things like that and I, that was the reference that i was using when i when i when i had said that what were you gonna say what, what i'm what i'm you know trying to understand is for for a person who is who is a fixer who has to go through life fixing other people how do you get out of that because like by default like something must have happened in your life in your childhood that happened to you where you feel the need to try to help other people even to the point where you self-inflict your own damage because you can't help other you can't help everybody everybody and you can't help people who don't want to be helped mm -hmm. do you need somebody to fix you for wanting to fix others <laughs> like you know what i'm saying because like needing the fixer the fixing you need a it fixer. can be helpful but also i think we really could ask ourselves you know what is my intent like why am i going into this relationship mm. and separating okay what are my needs as well and are my needs being met because you know they say a relationship should be 50 50 well sometimes the other person can't give 50 percent so I kind of struggle with that logic. I understand in, in wanting to be just and fair, but at the same time, like, why are you going to put yourself and give a hundred percent? And, uh, you can see that this person needs some help. Now, this isn't about support. Like you can definitely support your partner, motivate them, be there for them, pick them up when they've had a rough day. The thing is the pattern of like, like you mentioned, like the gentleman trying to get somebody out of a whole scene, you know, that's been their life. So just be creating that awareness. Like, why am I really going into this relationship? You know, is it because I'm attracted to them and I want to build something with them? And, you know, I also have my needs and they're going to be met or is it just, I see that they really need help and I know how to fix it. And that might not be super like conscious, you know, we might not be aware of those oh, things. True. So it, it might just might be out. like, oh, yeah, uh -huh, finish, finish, finish. No, no. So just thinking like, if you start seeing, okay, well, I'm always rescuing them. Like what not, what about me? What about my needs? What about when I need someone? Yeah. Sounds weird. It almost feels like, you know, seeing someone who needs help is, uh, it's almost like they're attracted to those kind of people. Maybe they're it's, drawn to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like and not so much that they need help because you had said it. Like because you can be attracted to someone, but let's say you're like, oh well, they need help, and I know I can help them, and I mm -hmm. want to help them. Maybe that's the kind of people that the, those helpers or fi those fixers right. are attracted to, or maybe they feed off of that type of energy where it's like, oh man, like I feel like I can be such a value to them, and I can be some a part of them. So I guess like they go into it with that mentality rather right. than trying to actually build a relationship. Right. I like that. Um, you, you mentioned something when you enter into a relationship, what are my needs? What am I looking for? How, how should you approach that? Like in terms of going into a relationship, should you ask yourself, like, what is it that you should be looking for in a potential partner? Do you have some certain things that might, might green flag, so to say, you know, like certain things that instead of avoiding that you look for right. in a partner, are there certain things? Yeah, definitely goals, you know, as far as do their goals kind of match mine? You know, are we kind of like oriented in the same direction? Mm -hmm. um, for like lifestyle. Exactly. So like, 
our careers yeah. and our family and, you know, things that are important to me. And this will look different for everybody, True. you know, prioritizing what is important for you. For somebody uh, being family oriented and spending lots of time with family may be crucial, maybe really like number one on their priority list. And for other people, it's like, well, I'm not super close to my family. So if they're not, that's OK. You know, that's not something that's a need. But something that is important for me is that, you know, they're career oriented or they're a hustler. Or they really like um, are motivated and self-driven. So prioritizing what do you look for in a partner? What's attractive to you? And uh, do you guys have common goals? Do you see yourself building a future together? Or is this going to be something that's short term? And, you know, or maybe you're just exploring and seeing because right off the bat, you don't know those things. You know, when you go into a relationship. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like off the first date, you don't know. Maybe you get an idea of where they're headed, but that could change or people put up a good front in the beginning. So you right. learn this through time. Let me ask you, you said first dates <laughs> and, and Chris and I have always had like a little bit of a jab back and forth. First dates. Do you think it's appropriate to ask if they want to get married, if they have kids, if they want kids, are those first date topics or is it more of a taboo because, well, it's a first date. Should you give it a little bit of time? And then if so, how much time? I'll let you answer yeah, and, I'll, and then <laughs> I'll provide feedback. Yeah, he's going to scold It depends me. <laughs> on how important it is to that person. It's vital. Like if, it's, uh, if they know that like... <laughs> I can't survive <laughs> without this information. I need it. <laughs> if it's like, I know this is not going to work out, then I mean, why not? I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know if there's a yeah, right answer. I think it's just, it's that's like, how important is it? Like, is it dire or is it something that you can get to know them and you're willing to look past? Or is it something like they have kids? I'm out. Like, no, I'm not even willing to look. Deuces. Past. I'm not going to finish the dinner. <laughs> I will say, okay, um, please. Cause that, that was possibly about two years ago. It was, we are older now. <laughs> we do have different priorities. Things change. That is true. Things like definitely change, just like you said. Exactly. So, you know, I, is, is it a requirement to ask? No. I don't believe so. I don't believe no. so either. Good. So then you're on my side. No. <laughs> We're all on the same page there. Yeah, it's not a requirement, but yeah. if it's something that's dire to you, then... No, because I said at the point, I said, like, uh, you, I would want to know. And then he was, like, cr- looking at me all crazy. Like, why would you want to ask that on a first date? So, But you have social media now. Like, you can find out I said everything that too. about That's, people. I think, <laughs> what? Didn't I say that? No, I said that. <laughs> Fine. He <laughs> said that. But the point is, no, it's true. I think it all depends. But, yeah. you know, now as an older... Uh, old, Gentleman. Uh, yes. A little bit. Uh, I'm turning 30 this year, bro. Wisdom. Turning 30 this year. So I'm still a young buck, yeah. but um, <laughs> I'm getting there. Things hurt a little and bit. <laughs> things, every, yeah, everything hurts a lot more than it did 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. But I am noticing that uh, depending on what, what aligns with me and what I'm looking for, I think that's more of the, the, the type of questions I will ask. So to your point, if you are in, in the market of, okay, well, I want a partner that I want to get married with, then that is a question you would want to, you know, kind of present, on. Oh, present yeah, in, in the beginning as soon as you, you feel is, is right. But if you're also in, in the area where, you you know what, I just want to find someone first. That's my priority. Not so much whether it's kids. I, I don't even know if I want kids, for example. Mm-hmm. So then then you would, if the partner says, well, yeah, I want to have kids, you would probably be like, well, I'm still not sure. But at least you're, you've are you had that conversation to kind of know. But if you're not really looking for it, I think you can survive with, because it's not a priority for yeah. you, like you were saying. That is true. I like it. Perfect. I just wanted, I was curious. I wanted to see, because you were talking <laughs> about first dates. So I was like, let me throw that in there. I want to ask you a question. Um, we had asked, uh, we had a uh, Dr. Heastie, uh, the therapist a couple of weeks ago, and you want to ask her about moving in before do you, you, I don't know if you have any opinion. It doesn't oh. have to be professional. It could just be based on. Yes. So, uh, maybe even in your, in, I don't know if you're comfortable talking about your 
personal life, but in terms of moving in together before marriage, do you advise against it? Or is it do you encourage it? What, and what's your take on it? If you've probably even had someone who maybe was that they presented that situation, where like, why well, we moved in already, and mm -hmm. then problems started, like things like that. So I guess from your from what you've seen, what's your your feedback there? Yeah. In the modern world, things are very different. So <laughs> if like my parents were sitting here, they'd be like, no, absolutely not. You nah. can't do that. But nowadays it's so much more common and it opens doors for so many things, you know, discovering a relationship in a different way, because I feel like you don't truly really know a person until you live with them Absolutely. personally. So my professional answer is it depends on both of you and how comfortable you are with that and how much it means to you. Right. My personal answer <laughs> is go for it. <laughs> like live together before? Yeah. Okay. And discover because, I mean, it's a safe way out personally. But I mean, safe way out. yeah, I mean, once work. you're married and you have kids and then or, or once you're married and then you move in together, it's a lot more difficult and costly to back out <laughs> of a relationship. <laughs> Which reminds because we had a sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but we had a friend who I'm not going to mention anybody, but where we, you know, suggested Renting together. <laughs> I know exactly. As I know. <laughs> Renting together. By the way, if you're watching this, uh, every single time we talk about a friend and situation, it's probably you. Because yes. <laughs> uh, we, we recommend that, it, like, well, we, we, Chris in particular was like, hey, like, why don't you guys live together for a couple of months? Even though, yes. It, like it, short-term yeah, rent before a year or committing. Something. Yeah. yeah, or something like that. Even though you're not paying it directly towards something that you own, mm -hmm. but at least if that's the idea within the relationship to purchase a home together mm -hmm. without ever living together, maybe... Maybe it would be wise to rent, even if it's not going anywhere. But it's kind of an investment towards a relationship. Mm. You're still figuring out the relationship. It's an investment. Right? But I guess an investment. Yeah. Well, I don't. You know, I also want to bring up that religion and other factors come into play, and family and culture, and how important that is. So I can totally understand why people would say, "No, I don't want to move in before marriage because this is part of my morals, this is part of my values, and something I hold very dearly." So yeah, I wouldn't say like everybody needs to, but if you're thinking about it and your partner's open to it and comfortable with it, it could be it could open up the doors for a lot of exploration of your relationship and seeing where you want it to go, what things work. I mean, a lot of things that end up not working in marriages are things like finances and family and chores and you know all these things that are part of a household and you have to kind of figure that out mm -hmm. you know how the other person are they super messy because you might have gone over their place and it was always neat but then you start moving in with them and then stuff is all over the place so you're picking up after them setting those boundaries can be important before but it doesn't mean that you can't do it after either right because to that point and to dr Hesey's point when he was here it's um you can still because you're right they, you can show up and the house is spotless but then once you move in it's a mess yeah but if you pay attention to the details of the person's character mm -hmm. you you would kind of pick up on are they messy yeah would they, like how they dress or like are they clean like things like that so that's what to his point where it's like you don't have to move in together before right. getting yeah. married yeah you would want to get those identifiers out of the way but then again he also has like the program of me to marry in 12 months where he months and 12 months yeah. 18 months and 12 months yeah me to marry where he kind of throws all these obstacles mm -hmm. at you like mm -hmm. hey well, this is what we're going to talk about in front right now just make sure that this is what makes sense and then that's how we kind of i guess that's how the relationship without even needing to move in together like the next right. step what's the next step mm -hmm. there is no next step like for him it's we're going to do it all right now so that way you can both see each other in in, in their true character mm -hmm. handling the situations that could be the problems that break up the relationship like finance and all that other stuff yeah i like that Perfect. Yeah. You had other things written down? I had a couple. Yeah, I shared the list. With I you. had something that I yeah. wanted to ask, but no, but it's a little bit more general. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let me see. Yeah. 
the, one of the things that I really want to talk about is yeah, he's not he's not being rude. He's looking at his notes. That's no, what, no, that's what I've been doing. Because he always throws his phone up, and so people, you know, I got I got remember in trouble. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm looking at notes. I'm not like yeah. Um. When it comes to uh, you know dating romantic relationships, especially somebody who struggles with depression um, and, and anxiety, it's a common thing more so now than ever. With everything that's going on, understandably so. Mm -hmm. How do you cope with it? How do you deal with it from both angles? Being the partner who who is dating somebody who does have these um, these issues, and being the person who who's having these issues as well on both ends. How do you engage with them? How do you express yourself, and and how do you be an understanding partner? Yeah, I'm so glad that you're asking this question. And I really love, you know, just openness and talking about this. Um, as a partner, you don't want to see anyone that you love go through difficult times. And it is extremely difficult to love someone that is hurting, you know, whether they are seeking help or not, it's hurtful either way. So as a partner, it's important to understand, you know, asking them what their needs are, not assuming that we know exactly what it is that they need. You know, oftentimes, I think, more often men, <laughs> they, they jump into this just because your brains are wired in a more logistic kind of way. So it's like, oh, problem, solution. I'm going to fix it for you. Yeah. I know exactly what to do. Like True. this is black and white, but they may just need to whine a little bit and vent and they want to just sulk and True. they might just need someone that's like, you know what? That really sucks. I'm sorry that that happened at work. That sounds awful. <laughs> so asking, yeah, you're just not assuming that you know exactly how, how, what you need to do to jump in and save your partner, but asking them, you know, what is helpful? What do you think you need from me? How could we work through this together? Having open conversations, learning some of the tools that are helping them. For example, something really big and people having like a panic attack is grab an ice cube, hold on to that ice cube because that brings you to the here and now. When you're having anxiety or you're having a panic attack, your mind spins in a million different ways. You know, you go somewhere completely different. So that ice brings you back, grounding techniques, Deep breathing, doing meditation sessions together. So that's how you can be understanding and supportive, learning what helps them and letting them know, you know, I'm here, but also like not getting too much in their space, like knowing they also need to be held accountable, right? They have to put in the work and they have to understand that they seek help. Like I'm limited as a partner. I'm not a mental health professional. I'll be there for you. I can support you, but I also encourage you to take your medicine, to go see a therapist, to do, but how can I be part of that? You know, how can I be part of the solution instead of the problem? I love that. <laughs> I think that's amazing. It's, but it could be very hard because you want to help, you want to help them and you you love them and you know, they're good. They're a good person, presumably. But what if they don't, they don't want the, or they maybe they just can't put it in action. They, you tell them, Hey, this, I found a therapist for you. You know, I made the appointment. You just got to show up. They find every excuse in the world not to show up. Yeah. yeah. What do you do? Because yes, I am understanding of it's not that as, as easy as showing up and being open, but at the same time, what can I do? Uh, when is I enough do? enough? Because what enough if enough? like y like you want to provide them solutions in a way that that's like just like you said, like where how they receive it, but then if you don't see action, then now that puts you in this case in that scenario in a position where it's like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Like now I I I don't even know how to. You, you ask me how to, like, I ask you how to do, you tell me and I do those things, but somehow you're not even doing it. So then like, how do you deal with that? Yeah. It can be very discouraging, yeah. right? Yeah. And saying like, here are the answers. Like, why are you not taking the help? I'm throwing you the, the, the buoy. Like you have to get on it. Um, you got to set some boundaries. You know, that's really the only way out. You have to put yourself first as difficult as that may be. Not saying, okay, leave the other person mm -hmm. stranded, but figure out for yourself, like how much is enough? Like how, 
how much more help or how many more times am I going to try this before I'm met with resistance? I want what's well for them, but if they don't want the help, no one, I mean, not as a therapist, doesn't matter how many years, how many books I read, how many years I went to school. I can tell people uh, like a ton of coping skills. You know, I had like 101 coping skills. It doesn't matter. People are not going to do it and then they're not going to get better. So as much as you want to, you also have to set some limits. You have to set some boundaries and say, okay, now I'm investing too much time and energy of my own putting into this. And you don't want to create a, a relationship in dependency, you know, in uh, enabling the person. Oh, every time something goes wrong, I come and I fix it for them so then you start building that enabling relationship where they know that they can uh, mess up and do whatever yeah. and then you're still going to be there for them that actually does more harm than good it's just it's very it's more discouraging like yeah like you're saying like because imagine like you even have the conversation well, how can we work on this together what can we do or how can i be a part of this you know this healing process for mm -hmm. you but then getting met with resistance it's almost like uh, how much are you willing to, to take take of the resistance before you're like you, you walk away? I love you, but, but I can't do this alone anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? I think as a therapist and even as a partner asking somebody like, do you want me to hold you accountable for this? And uh, how, okay. how do you want me to hold you accountable for this? Like if you say you're going to do something and then a week later i'm still nagging about it you're going to become defensive you're not going to like this so what can we do together or you know i'm going to have to set some boundaries i'm going to have to do for myself because you're right it's just it takes so much energy it takes so much out of you and you want what's good for them but at the same time like at what cost yeah yeah because you, you can't you can't pour out of an empty cup right yes. so if i'm helping you but it's draining me it's making me ill and, and unhealthy and unwell then now we're both in a bad position, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of, you know, like you know, me trying to help you, but I can't if you, if you don't want that help. So I think it's, it's a tough spot to be in and it looks, that, that breaking point probably looks different for everybody. Right. But being aware of it and that sometimes you do have to walk away and put yourself first, I think it's crucial. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, you got more, a couple more things. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm, think, I'm thinking of something, but I want um, you to finish. Oh, a really good one. I wrote down a uh, coping with past trauma when like, okay. you're, oh, this is your wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> coping with last trauma, like with past trauma. What, what are some ways to kind of deal with that when let's say you're in a new relationship and they maybe do something or, or you're in an environment or in a setting that takes you back to an, a situation. Maybe they go into a place where you actually cheated three years ago and now you resurface everything and takes you back. Mm -hmm. How do you deal well, with that? act in a certain way that yeah. reminds them of what their ex used to do. Yeah. It's almost like, oh, now it's going to happen again. Right. It's not even the same person. Yeah. But yeah. that trauma brings you back to that moment. And you don't want to project that past trauma on them because they're not them. It's a new person, a new experience. But I can't help how I feel. Exactly. What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is also something that's very difficult, right? You don't want your current partner to be burned for all the things that happened to you. The one way to combat this is communication. And, you know, as you develop a relationship, you become more comfortable with what you want to share with someone. I do also want to add that there's been times where I've shared like things that have happened to me and then it's been used against me and arguments and things like that all because you are you're so jealous because you've been cheated on this and then it's like listen mm. that's already a really big red flag you're if somebody <laughs> catch him kill him uh -huh. if somebody <laughs> is uh saying those things to you and using it in an argument you got bigger fish to fry like there are other communication issues that are going on but generally being open with your partner and saying you know what i've never experienced this so i'm gonna need you to be patient with me and i'm being patient with myself 
and saying, you know, when you don't answer the phone, it kind of takes me to another place. So what can we do? You know, can you send me a text message when you get there? Um, using I statements. So I statements is I feel blank when whatever. So not saying you make me angry and you are this and you are that the person's going to get defensive. They're going to put a wall up saying coming from a place of how do I feel? I feel rejected. You know, when I reach out to you and I don't hear back for hours, what can we do about that? But then you also have to be receptive about what the other person's going to say, because they might say, I don't want you to feel rejected, but I was in a meeting. I couldn't reply to you. So having that line of communication where you're both understanding, but really asking for what your needs are and saying, you know, just let me know when you get there. Like, that's it. That's all I really need. Yeah. We, we've talked, we say it too, like be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I opened up with that. That was yeah. like the first thing that I said when exactly. I came. It's like, if, if you can at least share how it makes you feel, mm-hmm. then I think that's half the battle of, of, the, of the conversation. Cause right. if I was, if I was your partner and I really loved you and you told me that you feel a certain way when I do something, why I would if I don't want you to feel that way. Yeah. Right. But now if you tell me why did you do this and you've been doing this nonstop, I'm like, well, I, you I never didn't even yeah. know. Always this. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know it was a problem. I'm, I'm busy. I was at a meeting or something, and you're blowing me up because of that. But if you would have told me like, hey, you know, it was, I feel a little like this because you know you weren't answering your phone and stuff like that. Well, all right, what can I do differently yeah. for you to feel more comfortable? Because I I'm in a meeting. I'm working. I can't even be on my phone. Right. But at least having a conversation like that, at least eases that trauma Mm. you know to be at least more understanding of where that person this new person right that didn't cause the trauma like how they can kind of help it all starts with yourself and and, and saying like realizing that that past trauma it's on it's true truth be told it's on you you know they 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 have nothing to do with it so sharing that is super important how you feel communication i like that yeah i have one you want to say it I think it's it's pretty general, but I don't mm-hmm. want you to. How many more questions you got there? Just um, I'm gonna just say. It. <laughs> Thing is, um, I don't yeah. know how comfortable you can be, but th- the reason why I want to ask this is because, um, kind of if it's a common, what would what, what would it be like the the I guess the issue that you have seen most often come up during these sessions that kind of go across the board? Have you ever had something that kind of it's like oh it's it's happening so often or this is what what would be, something be like that? What would that lack be? of boundaries? Really. Mm-hmm. Across the board. And I mean, it's a work in progress. It's something I work on. It's something we all can use some help with. Uh, You know, people come in and they don't say, I need help with boundaries. They say, I'm overwhelmed. I'm strung out. You know, I've got a million different things. I got my kids. I got my husband. I got this. I got that. I have so many things that I have to do. I got my girlfriend and I'm overwhelmed. I'm anxious. I can't function at work. They do, you know, they demand so much of me. You need better boundaries. You need to put things in place so that you take care of yourself first. That is kind of what I see across the board. I mean, everyone, I mean, of course, there's people that come for long histories of trauma and all these things, but also learning how to put yourself first, how to take care of yourself. We make tons of to-do lists and hardly do we ever put um, drink a gallon of water a day (laughs) (laughs) or journal or exercise for 15 minutes. We're like, "Eh, I'll do that if I have time. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. it's, you know, it's secondhand. It's not something that's a priority, but you have to make yourself a priority. You have to schedule it in. You have to put in a timer. You have to put it in your calendar. Otherwise, it's just not going to get done because you won't make the time for it. You know, saying affirmations, all these things that are helpful, reading articles, like listening to podcasts, doing all these amazing things, but we don't really make the time for it. So that self-care and boundaries, really just saying, you know, I have to say no sometimes. And then I have to deal with the guilt of saying no. Mm. (laughs) You know, at first I used to be like that. And then I found it so liberating when I was able to say no. Mm -hmm. 
And my friend uh, Carlos, he, he he would tell me all the time. He's like, one thing I love about you is that you don't you're not afraid to say no. Because people, they feel guilty and they're like, oh, I guess I'll do it. And then like, they're like, oh, no, no, it could be that it turns out to be great for whatever it may be. <laughs> but if I really don't want to do something, I don't have the time to. I don't want to say yes. And then I'll drive myself crazy. I'd rather just, you know, no. Right. And sometimes I'll be like, wow, you're really not like they'll kind of guilt you even. But I got to the point that I'm like, yeah, no, I don't yeah. want to. You're going to be met with a lot of resistance, especially when you first start setting boundaries. Um, so you have to, I, I think that's the, the part that I kind of struggle with in dealing with the guilt afterward. And also kind of something I recently learned is like, no, it doesn't need an explanation. You don't have to tell someone no and then tell them why you're saying no. You can just say no. And that's like horrible and you will lose hours of sleep. But in the end, it keeps your relationships healthy because, sorry. So boundaries are what help other people learn how they can treat you. And boundaries aren't only with other people. Boundaries are also setting time limits are also saying, you know what? I finished my work for the day. I need mm. to step out of my office. And now this is my personal life. And I'm not going to answer these calls on the weekend or when I'm on vacation, if a client really needs to schedule those sorts of things. And, and I kind of talk about this with my clients. I say, you know, I can't be an emergency service as much as I want to be there for you. I can't answer if you text me in the middle of the night. Unfortunately, I have business hours, although you have, you know, a, a text that you can reach me at. Um, and they get that. I mean, all my clients respect that. And, and I'm so grateful for that. But also I know that it's because I've put in the work and I have those difficult conversations. Have you, uh, how would you, um, how, how would you deal with, uh, I, I guess if someone were to say like, Hey, yeah, I've, I've put boundaries you know, with, within my life and with my partner and at work and stuff like that. But I'm now I'm being met with resistance and they're not willing to accept like or, or, or kind of meet those or, or yeah, respect those boundaries yeah. or How, overstep them or, or overstep them. Well, what would you say to someone like that? Right. So it's not just setting, but maintaining them. And it could look like, well, I hear you and I understand that this is important for you, but I got to put myself first or this is what's healthy for me. Or maybe not even saying anything at all. I mean, I think it's very telling if you tell someone no and you see how they react in the way, in kind of like showing their true colors, you know, and saying, okay, well, are you really going to pressure me into doing this? I already right. said that I didn't want to, you know, why are you kind of now making me feel bad about it? And family is a big one that we all struggle setting boundaries with. Very, very big one. Yeah, you feel super <laughs> guilty doing that because exactly. it's like, yeah, but they brought me into this world. I can't tell them no. Mm. You don't owe anyone a damn thing. <laughs> and it's, and you don't, you know, your parents provided for you. Yes, absolutely. They provided shelter and food and all your basic needs were met and all the wonderful things that they did for you. However, you should want to have a good relationship with them. You don't owe them one. And that's a very stark difference that, you know, as adults, I think we all struggle with in kind of saying, feeling like, oh, I owe them. You know, they gave everything to me. They left in my case, like they left their country for me. How am I not going to do for them? But also I got to put myself first. And what does that look like? So it's a work in progress. I think that when you set those boundaries, back to what I was saying about, like, I tell them if I don't want to do something, I say no. And it feeling so liberating. I feel like you also get a different level of respect. Yes. Because now they know how far, like, they know where, where is my line. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, like, you shouldn't be talking to me or you shouldn't be requesting this or, or expecting this from me. Um, and that it's, it's helped like crazy because then they know. It's like now they're, they're better able to understand how to communicate with me. It teaches it, people how to treat you. Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah, yeah. Just like you, exactly. Just like you said, because, and I'm just really using it as an example. And this is what I kind of like about these conversations because it really is like, if you really put your foot down of what it is that you enjoy doing and what you don't or what you feel like you should be doing and you shouldn't, but then you take control over that decision, not leaving it up to someone guilting you or pressuring you or whatever. It really is such a liberating feeling as guilty as it feels at first. Mm -hmm. 
it, I feel like it's only guilty the first time. Cause once you learn to say no, when you really don't want to do something, yeah, it kind of sucks at first, but then after you're like, oh, but I didn't go. I'm happy that now I'm, I feel good. I feel right. calm that I didn't go. So now it's almost like a, well, yeah, I feel guilty to this person, but how did I feel? Mm -hmm. I feel so liberated. I feel so happy that I was able to tell them no. And now they're understanding of it. Yeah, maybe they get mad. If they're really my friends, they'll come back. Mm -hmm. Or if they really want me in their lives, they'll understand. But right. it's at least you, you put that line, that boundary in place. I love that. Sometimes it's funny because sometimes, uh, you know, my girlfriend Claudia, she she will want to do something with her friends on a weekend or whatever. But I work a lot, so I like going on. So sometimes my day off, the last thing I want to do sometimes is do scope socialize with other people. And not there's nothing wrong with doing that. There's nothing wrong with them. But sometimes I just want to me time. You need to recharge your exactly. own exactly. So exactly. when the way that you recharge exactly. So a couple of years ago, I would have always said yes to people. I would stay longer. I would go out this and this. Now it's like, hey babe, you know what? I, I I'm exhausted. I had a long week. I'll I'll stay in, and she'll respect that. That's my boundary. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want to be around people right now, and and it's so refreshing to be with somebody also who respects those boundaries instead of saying, come please, even for just for an hour. She understands when it's time when it's when it's okay and that is my yeah. line, my line or like when you're going out and like you have a couple of drinks and they're like oh but stay, stay out stay. i've learned that i'm like mm, i'm going home <laughs> i'm good and then i'll leave <laughs> actually i went to my, my uh, joey's birthday um he went to he went to the to barn coral gables and we were there for a while and then they're like oh we're just getting started i'm like I work, I have to record tomorrow, yeah. actually. I'm leaving today, yeah. I'm leaving like right now. And they're like, no, stay a little bit. I'm like, I'm leaving right now. Exactly. And I was literally walking out of there like, yeah, I don't care if they freaking hate me for leaving. I feel good right now. I'm happy about my choices. It's so important. And it's, it's, it's different. Also, yeah, but it's also we're a little bit older now. You know, we're in late 20s. Like we, when I feel like you get older, you, you it's easier to say no. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's, maybe it's just, Life experience, sometimes no, <laughs> no and maybe you're right. True, it, true. Maybe sometimes it switches the other way, but I think for the most part, I think I'm, I'm super content with saying, Hey, not tonight. But it helps to have these conversations because if someone is watching, saying, I'm the one always saying yes, and like I'm literally like they're probably they're probably getting ready about to go out and they're like, I don't even want to be doing this right now, yeah. and I'm listening to this podcast telling me I should be saying no. <laughs> you know what? Fuck this. I'm this taking all my money. Now everybody goes say no to anyone and everyone in your life. But if you want to, yes, do it though. But if you want to, and if you really need to put yourself first, do it. I've had people that are like, oh, you know, they introduce me. Oh, this is so and so. She always says yes to everything. That's not how you want to be seen. Yeah. yeah. What kind yeah. of message are you putting out there? It's like, no, I respect myself, and I and I know how to put my needs first. And yeah, people are gonna be resistant, and people are maybe gonna get upset, and maybe you'll lose some friendships but like you said the people that will really want to be there for you will come to terms and say you know what i have to respect when they say no i have to respect what their needs are exactly if they're not even willing to respect you saying no imagine what else they're willing to disrespect or not respect mm -hmm. so it's like if that's the person that you're going to have in your life is that do you really want that person in your life someone who's not going to respect you who's, who's going to honor whatever your wishes are like it's a, it's a little rude. So for to, that's why I'm saying like, don't feel like if you do want to say no, don't feel guilty. Because if you really don't want to do something and you're really in that, in that position or you just don't care to do it, mm -hmm. don't feel guilty into doing it. And if they if they leave you, that friendship, partner, whatever, for saying no, good. Yeah. You don't even want that energy in your life. It's, it's a sign. Just like you mm -hmm. said, now they're really showing you who they really are, mm -hmm. that they're leaving when you don't want to do something. I love that. You had, you had more I have one more thing before we have to start wrapping it up and it's going to be a good one I think um breakups dealing with it how to cope with it because you know we always have people reaching out to us asking and a lot of it is the common thing he left me she left me 
I'm alone, life is over, I don't know what to do, I'm, you know, depressed, et cetera, et cetera. And when breakups happen, it feels like, especially the longer you've been together, it feels like your world is over, life is over. Truth of the matter is the life with that person is over, but not your life. Mm -hmm. But when you're in it, sometimes it could be very hard to remind yourself of that, that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Do you have certain strategies or, or have you seen maybe in your sessions people who have struggled with these issues? And if so, how, how do you overcome that? Yeah, so a little bit of background about breakups. They are horrible. Terrible, uh, I hate it. Our self-esteem <laughs> takes a blow, no matter what, whether we are the ones that chose to break up with the person or not. At some point, we're going to start questioning. We're going to start backtracking and maybe even ruminating about what's been going on. Definitely, there are things that you can do. Actually, some research that I recently read about that's super cool is that rejection, physical and emotional pain are all processed in the same area of the brain. So people will literally say they have somatic symptoms, you know, like my chest hurts and I can't eat and my stomach hurts and my body hurts and I'm achy. Physically and mentally breakups tear us apart, you know. So replenishing yourself, building yourself from the inside out really is the way to go. Um, at the same time, you know, it may feel devastating. It may feel like you don't want to do any of those things or you don't yeah. have any energy. So taking the time, giving yourself the space, you know, in the beginning of a breakup and even maybe after some time, it's not so much the person that we miss. And, you know, I read about this all over and over and again. It's about the feelings that we had, mm. the feelings that they gave us, the feelings of security, the feelings of stability, the feelings of feeling validated. So how can you bring that? How can you give yourself that feeling of security, whether it's financial security or emotional security? Like what, how can you strengthen that for yourself? Validation. How can you feel good about yourself and your self-esteem? You know what? I am worth it. We talking about self-worth too. I mean, I can go on and on about this, yeah. but we attach ourselves to so many things that define our worth. You know, what cars we drive, what house we have, what relationship we have, you know, what everything, career. But, what you, everything <laughs> but what really matters. Exactly. So if you take all those things away, if you take away the relationship, does that mean that I'm not worthy? Yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, matter. That's it. No, take that time to, Kind of see, you know, align yourself and see where am I going to go to next? Hydrate, you know, if you're having severe symptoms of depression, look out, you know, find support, find people that you can vent to. And at the same time, understand that those people are going to need to set some boundaries too. If you're always calling them and talking about the same thing over and over again, like understand, you know, you up to what point you can get, but, you know, exercising, doing things like meditating, uh, maybe even seeing a therapist if it was like a really long relationship or maybe, you know, I've seen people in all different stages of their life, you know, all different sorts of breakups, whether it's for marriages or even uh, engagements or even just, you know, dating, all sorts of it doesn't matter there. Your, your self-esteem still takes a blow. So understand that you have to take that time for yourself. And it looks different for everybody. You know, there's no one set formula. Mm. Um, but generally, just taking care of yourself, being more in tune with yourself and not jumping into another relationship right away. Yeah, that's key. <laughs> Do you think that if someone were were to kind of have that more security and that like, you know, feeling of self-worth that they're confident in that? Do you think that if they go into a, a, like the next relationship, I, well, I believe that they're in a better position to kind of be more they feel their own self-validation, not needing it from somebody else. But do you think it'll be easier for them to recover off of another another breakup? Or do you feel like it, it's kind of like now another cycle? It depends. 
I think it can definitely be really helpful to take that time to discover yourself, really find about your identity and what makes you you and what makes you worthy. But at the end of the day, if you know you date someone and then something happens, you're still going to be devastated. So you might be better equipped and like knowing what to do and kind of taking care of yourself and going through the motions. But it, I don't know if it'll lessen the blow in, in the moment. Maybe yes, over time. Depends. It also depends on on the person, right. that person. person yeah. That's you know what, what you've experienced with them and what you know, what the reasoning, how the breakup happened. Yeah, it's exactly. Two breakups are never the same. I feel like, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's a gr- like you're grieving the loss of of they're not dead, but the exactly. relationship, you know, it's, it is essentially, and you you have to live to uh, you have to learn to live without that person, and it's hard. It's it could be devastating, but it is always possible there's always another day ahead so i appreciate you bringing some professional light to it yeah. i think we've all in this room we've all been through breakups and it sucks <laughs> um, relationships oh, relationships well they also suck but breakups definitely suck harder yeah <laughs> it, is harder. it could be uh devastating but thank you for kind of shedding some light on that i appreciate yeah. that you got one no yeah i'm set I think we got to start wrapping it up. We could go for like a solid hour. There's so much we could talk about. Maybe down the line we'll have you back on. But uh, I would love that. Yeah, yeah, but thank you so much. I think you've been. It's been refreshing. I really like it. So then, what's next for you? So I'm really excited about just my practice growing. Uh, I would like to hire different clinicians to work with me. I currently have one. Uh, my dream would be, like I said, to do a hybrid kind of model and also just have other clinicians in my practice. I really like the aspect of like training um, and helping people that want to get into private practice. And, you know, the, nobody teaches us in grad school about the business aspect of it. Some things sure. are hard and many things That's I'm still degree. learning. Yeah, you got to pay for that. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Like, <laughs> I don't have the time to go back to school for that. But certainly... Um, I just love, you know, networking, meeting new people, seeing who I can bring into my practice or seeing, you know, what could be helpful for my clients. So just learning and growing. That's it. You know what I also see you doing? I want to say in the beginning, but I, I, I think now at the end makes more sense. Um, I totally see you, if you ever wanted to, but coaching other uh, counselors yeah. or, you know, someone like, hey, you're doing it in your office. It's being taxing or you're so limited that sketch you online, that sketch mm-hmm. you in, on the camera. That yeah. way it's, I, I see you doing that kind of like coaching, like scaling, like, hey, th- uh, therapist, counselor, whatever, let me help you scale your business. I could see I that. I would love that. By let's, let's, that. Let's, hi- let's make you hybrid. You're having customers that are canceling on you. Nah, 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 nah. Let's get them to pay up. Yeah. So put them on the on the, on a virtual. Yeah. I think I see you doing that. I like that. Can you imagine like in a couple of years, like you're oh, the yeah. one that's like being hired, like, oh, I don't know what to do with my with my practice. And they're like, ah, oh, let's hire Ingrid. Let's hire right. therapy talk. Right. I like that. <laughs> I really like that. Yeah, yeah I think that would be yeah, cool. Think about that because I'm, I'm pretty sure I got a creative thoughts <laughs> on here. Vain, for sure. Yeah. No, but thank you so much for being on. So, okay, we usually have our, our ending segment. Yeah. Time to break up. It's not you, it's me. So, <laughs> if you can, I think this is your camera, or you can say it to us, but we always like to end with the final thoughts. And in that segment, we want you to pretty much um, something that you would like to tell your younger self, maybe something that you live by, something you'd like to share with the audience that you that's really impactful to you, anything helpful or anything that, that's important to you. So, you can do your final thoughts and then kind of sell yourself, you know, where they can find you once again um, and stuff like that. Page George. Awesome. So, um, I, I kind of think the theme of today was talking about boundaries and putting yourself first. So, if you're listening and you really really are thinking about, man, I really have to start doing this. This is the time. Start off small. Understand that people are going to be out there that don't want to listen and, you know, they're might be resistant but that's okay it's going to be worth it in the end because your relationships are going to be so much healthier invest in you i think we don't do that enough you know put yourself first 
do everything that you have to do for self-care even if that means saying no even if that means canceling plans even if that means being flaky that's just the cost to put yourself first and it's going to be worth it in the end definitely so um i was really excited to be here i think uh, some other final thoughts are just you know keep your head up understand that everything is temporary i really love this uh you know no feeling is final right we might feel that gut-wrenching pain right now we might feel like i'm never gonna get out of this but time will pass you will heal work on yourself it's gonna make you better for everyone you can't give to other people if you don't have for yourself so um go on out there that was beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful <laughs> no feeling is final I know. I'm about write to write down. it down. I heard it. I'm Don't about to write it down. Hold on. Ingrid, thank you so much. Oh wait, before before I'm sorry. Sell yourself. Um, once again, where can they find you? Your social media. We we'll put everything in the description. Yeah, but yeah, awesome. yeah. yeah but go ahead. Yeah, sell yourself where they can find you. Yeah. So I'm Ingrid Hernandez, a licensed mental health counselor. You can find me on therapytalkflorida.com or my Instagram is at therapytalkfl. Thank you. Beautiful. We'll put it in the description. They can find you. I'm sure um, our audience will benefit from your. Uh, your knowledge and you. wisdom so you know thank you so much for taking the time coming here it's much appreciated yes yeah, so, I mean we have a, our own little sponsorship with our own virtual therapy stuff yes. but you want to know what this episode is all about so you want to know that. what look we're putting a face to the name of someone that you can actually go to directly uh, you got the website you got her social media you can find out you know everything about her how to get to her but the beauty is that she is a real person and you know she you can also see her but you can also see her virtually so if anything I guess now, now you know where to go and it's 15 minutes free consultation right yeah yeah. I read your website <laughs> you did your homework I did I did certainly right, so yeah. even if you're thinking about therapy you know it might be uncomfortable or say you know can you help me with this and I think uh, as an honor to my profession and uh, kind of my ethics it's like you know I don't treat all sorts of people I can't see everybody but here's where you can find some help so certainly that time is like seeing if we can vibe if you know you like my style if it's something that i can help you with um scheduling if all of that makes sense then we'll make an appointment before that yeah because you who you do go to therapy it it, it was important for you to kind of build that connection have you gone to different therapists or you've only stuck with one i've only gone to one maybe i'll you know jump in with you and and give it a shot (laughs) i've only been with one no because like because it's true what you said like it's important to find to find that that uh, chemistry and almost that connection with that is true right. but you yeah. found it essentially my, I'm very happy with mine but you oh, know what you know, no yeah we'll venture you out click Good. yeah click it's awesome alright well with that being said Ingrid thank you so much for showing thank you it was awesome thank you for having me absolutely you. so before we sign off once again like this video subscribe to the YouTube channel and ring the notification bell so you're up to date with all of our content listen to us on the go Spotify and iTunes Follow us on social media, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter, I think, is the one I forgot. Yeah. We have a website. Coffeebreakup.com. Check that us out. being said, thank, thank you so you much. Thank you, guys. Ciao.